Welcome to No Room for Phonies. It is uh, the end of October, almost Halloween, and uh, I wanted to talk about getting real, about being authentic. My podcast is called No Room for Phonies, and uh, I did that uh, for a reason, because uh, it is really important to me to be real, to tell the truth, to be authentic, to have integrity. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about that from my perspective. I think uh, we all worry about uh, if we really speak our truth, go for what I want and let it all hang out, that people won't like us. And so that makes it really hard to be authentic. I don't want to go out of my way to upset or offend people. And uh, I, I really want to get um, what I want out of life, not in a, in a selfish way, but I, I want to live a wholesome, true life. But I want to bring unity to the world. And I don't want to uh, be authentic just for the sake of blowing people out of the water. I want to be authentic because it's the right thing to do. There are lots of factors that play into our authenticity and I think family upbringing and our culture, our long-held beliefs about what's appropriate, our fears about what will happen if we actually tell the truth. When it comes to to being authentic, the bottom line for most of us is that we're scared. We don't want to deal with what we imagine to be the consequences of authenticity. People's judgments or reactions, our own fears and doubts, possible failure or rejection, so many more. So we just keep our mouths shut and try to fit in. I've often thought about what specific messages I received throughout my life about being authentic and being myself that stopped me from expressing myself fully. Don't go against the grain. Let people just do their thing. I think um, I listened to a discussion today on CBC about uh, talking authentically with each other during the pandemic about whether or not we're following the rules and having what people deem courageous conversations with other people who are threatening your safety. What are the main obstacles that get in the way of me being real? Most of the time for me, it's fear that people are not going to want to be around me if I actually tell them the truth. And when is it appropriate to tell the truth? Do you just go off and tell someone that you don't really know what what, what you feel is the truth about them? I've thought about that a lot. I want to express truth to people who actually do want to hear it. And that doesn't mean that I have to silently agree when I'm in a crowd if something is not going right or something is not appropriate. And I guess what are the biggest fears that we have about being fully yourself, speaking your truth, and going for what you want in life and who you want to be. 
I have to be careful sometimes about my authenticity because it's not someone else's authenticity, it's mine. So if I'm comfortable speaking out about a subject, that doesn't mean that everyone else is. And my fear of rejection stems from being rejected at times because I did say things that uh, made people feel off-putted. And sometimes maybe I did say the wrong thing at the wrong time. But I think being authentic is deeper than that. It's just not running around telling everybody what you think or what you think is real. I think authenticity is really knowing yourself and knowing what you will stand for, what is important to you, what is your purpose, what are your values, what are your goals. That's being authentic. And I think we confuse that with being honest all the time. And an authentic person speaks from their heart. And so when they say something, they are expressing it from the deepest part of themselves. And I think that in those cases, for the most part, it's well received. So that fear of rejection doesn't happen because you're calm and sincere about yourself and you're not um, concerned about being loved and liked. You're concerned about being the best possible person that you can be, fulfilling your purpose and living by your core values and beliefs. What How do you observe yourself? I think sometimes I think about like, how do I observe myself objectively to actually ensure that I am being authentic? And I've I've thought about that a lot because I think we can be pretty hypocritical. I know I can be um, pretty hypocritical about authenticity when I expect it from others, but I'm not really that way myself. And I think that one of the most important things about being authentic is saying, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm striving to be the best possible person that I can be. And I'm ensuring that I'm clear about who I am. And finding out who you are is a process. I I looked at a bunch of questions that um, you kind of could ask yourself every day um, to kind of challenge your own authenticity. And sometimes uh, I've, I've looked at myself and I think, oh, I spent this whole day doing this. This wasn't me. Like I was, for example, I was upset or... Um, I was letting something bother me that was really minimal. Like I'm trying to think of a day. Oh, you know, your kids leave stuff on the stairs and you're tired of picking up their shoes and dragging them upstairs. And all of a sudden you've spent a whole day being like miserable and whatever about that. Well, that's not me. That's not the authentic me. The authentic me goes seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, shift. Get your mind off that silliness and move on. So how did I get myself caught up in that trivialness? That's not the authentic me. What did I do today? What actions did I take today to show my authentic self? 
What did I work on? What did I um, think about? What goals did I achieve? And uh, I'm a list maker. So every day I have probably 12 to 15 things on my list, including getting dinner and writing in my journal. And I'm taking a course online. So working on my course, doing some sewing, doing some quilting. Those are the authentic things that I do. Reading. So those are the authentic things that I do that make me feel balanced. What situations may I encounter today that will challenge my authenticity? How am I going to handle these situations? What if I'm asked to do something that is not me? Am I going to have the courage to say, thanks a lot, but you know, that's just not for me and, you know, enjoy yourself. But, but I'm, I just, that's just not something I'm interested in doing. Or just do I follow the crowd just to fit in? Getting down to how am I following my purpose and my values every single day? How will I avoid comparing myself to others today? That's a huge part of authenticity. When I spend the day thinking, oh, well, will, will people think that this is okay? Or how will I come across? Or that's not being authentic. If you know yourself and you're working on being the best possible version of yourself, you're going to allow yourself to be yourself and not be worrying all the time about how you're coming across because you know that as an authentic person, if you make a mistake, you're going to own up to it, apologize, do what you need to do, and move on from there. I love affirmations and I've written a lot of them, you know, for myself. I think I've even read some in uh, previous podcasts. But, you know, to have a, a, a series of four or five affirmations that you refer to when it comes to um, be who you are, I think is really important. I am smart. I am capable. I have a good marriage. I work hard. I am better today at, at being me than I was yesterday. And I want to be unapologetically me because the me that I am is kind and generous, a purpose of making life better for those around me, of doing things that um, make the world a better place. And not like I'm not, um, you know, doing huge things. And I, I think that that we get mixed up about that sometimes that, you know, you're better based on the status that you have or, or the, the amazing things that you do. Sometimes just being a true authentic version of yourself and making things better for your circle is enough. What's the characteristics of a healthy family dynamic that really helps you to be authentic? So um, I think about this a lot because as as a mother, like as someone who's um, dealing with adult kids and their girlfriends or, or partners, I want to allow and accept emotional um, expressions that the individual people in my family have. And, uh, 
you really need to um, have some obvious and consistent rules in the family that are honored. So if someone says, please don't ask me this as an adult, I, ne I need to honor that. And so part of my authenticity is knowing the people in my family and knowing how to treat them and what to do and when to push and when to step back. A big thing that came up today in the discussion actually on CBC about people wearing masks and not wearing masks and talking to people about, you know, social distancing and not getting together with big groups of people. The thing that came out more and more and more is this idea of treating our family, our friends with respect and being flexible with them because of their individual needs. So flexibility, respect, honoring their, their rules or their boundaries and allowing them to be to show their character and their interests and their emotions because everybody needs to f feel safe. No um, fear from emotional or verbal or any kind of abusive situation because that, um, if, if we don't feel safe, we often put on a facade. Everybody needs to feel cared for. Everybody needs to have responsibilities to step up and everybody needs to feel like they will be forgiven when they do something that is hurtful. And I think the bottom line for us in learning to be our authentic self is that perfection is unattainable. It's unrealistic and it's pretty dull and boring. If everybody's just perfect, I mean, I know we've seen movies like where people, you know, appear to be perfect. And you kind of think, well, that is a really boring way to live uh, your life. When I have friendships, I want to be involved in friendships where we can have deep conversations about things, deep conversations, and people can state their opinions, but we can all walk away and still do all those things that I just listed. People feel safe and secure and people feel um, cared for. They feel like they're being listened to. All those kinds of things in, our, in us, when we treat people well, it encourages them to be authentic as well. I, we all have an adaptive self as well. And that adaptive self helps you function through difficult and confusing times. So you're in the middle of a crisis and you don't know what to do, but your adaptive self helps you deal with crisis. Someone dies or someone this or some, and you're just feeling overwhelmed. You can, your adaptive self will kick in and get you through something. But your authentic self helps you feel whole and real and self-confident. So there are adaptive behaviors. We know how we have to uh, behave when someone is nasty to us. We can't just lose it. So we adapt at that moment, 
even though maybe our authentic self is saying, well, wait a minute, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. We know how to behave, but we step away from that. We look at the person. My mom always used to say, consider the source. And we create a behavior that is authentic given what that person, given all those things that I said before about um, respecting people and honoring their emotional expressions and um, making them feel safe and secure and caring for them and being flexible and forgiving. Given all that stuff, we use that adaptive part of us to read the room and read the situation and know what's appropriate. And when you think, if my authentic self is to help those around me and provide support and make things easier for those in my circle, then helping somebody um, through something or allowing them to be angry at you, even if it isn't uh, fair, is part of being an authentic person. And I'm not saying you let people tromp all over you. I've certainly had that experience in my life and it's not pleasant and being treated unfairly is not pleasant and your authentic self needs to step away sometimes and say okay I can't go back to that situation because that it's it's I'm not being honored uh, uh it's negative someone's after me I'm being treated disrespectfully so you can walk away from things because that's what your authentic self does but in the moment, you have an adaptive self that helps you function. I think that stress and feeling overwhelmed are a fear of the future, that you're not going to be able to handle what comes your way or achieve what you need to achieve. And therefore, then you rely on this facade or some sense of yourself rather than living in the moment, taking action in the moment, focusing on the here and now and not focusing on the future. Take your best action fearlessly, be mindful and check your motivation. If your motivation is true and clear and follows your purpose and your values and your beliefs, then take the action that you need to take. Predict what might happen if you are authentic. One of the best ways to overcome challenges is to predict them and be prepared. Okay, I'm going to this dinner party and at this dinner party, there's these people that are going to push me to be involved in conversations that I'm not and you know, and I'm going to have to say something or feel like I have to say something or agree with them because if I don't, they're going to get upset. Okay, so what am I going to do in that situation? I mean, I've had to do that where sometimes I'll say, well, I, I'm sorry, I just don't agree with you. And sometimes I'll just say, move on to a different topic, steer it on to a different topic. I mean, Part of being authentic is knowing the people that you are around 
and knowing what the right thing to do is and how to be a supportive person. So what are my core values? I always come back to this and I said to, I I decided to take a moment and write down 30 things that are true about me. So here they are. I love, my love of quilting was surprising to me. I didn't think I would like it. I didn't think I would like to sew. I grew up with a mom who was like an expert seamstress that put me off. But when I let go of all that fear and, oh, I can't do this, and I still have moments and I have to go seven, six, five, four, three, two, one shift because I think, oh, why, how did I get into this? There's no way I can do this. You know, my, you know, my mother was always the one, you know, who could do this the best and I'm not good at this, but I do love it. And I am pretty good at it. Not perfect, but pretty good. I'm a planner. I plan meals. I plan days. I plan, plan, plan. It's a double-edged sword. I love learning. I'm hard on myself. Always have been. High expectations of myself. Don't suffer fools lightly. I'm organized. I have to guard against negative generalizations like, oh, this always happens to me. You know, uh, people, um, I'm going to be treated uh, badly by, you know, by people because I, I, I do speak the truth. Like I, I have a problem with negative generalizations and I have to put up the stop sign sometimes and just say, no, you, that's not true. Here's an example of 10 times when that didn't happen and three times when it did. I have a really strong work ethic. I'm really honest about everything. You know, it's like I say, your best quality, it's like the two sides of a coin. Your best quality is also the thing that can get you into the most trouble. I am resilient and I'm good in a crisis. I, I was good in a crisis as a principal. If something went down, I could do the things that needed. Someone got hurt or somebody was in a crisis. I could do the things that needed to get done. Um, I am resilient. I've, I've been treated badly and had some pretty nasty things happen to me. Deaths and um, bad treatment, bullying, all kinds of things. And I, I bounce back. I am willing to share my inner self with those I trust. When I start a book, I have to finish it no matter how bad it is. That's a quality that definitely gets me into trouble. I had a friend who gave me a book called Touch Not. Don't touch it. That's my advice. I don't like whining. I like solving problems. Um, I worked for someone who, if you would come in whining about a problem, she would say, okay, what are three solutions to this problem? I am always willing to go the extra mile. I'm now committed to an exercise routine, which a year ago or more, I was definitely not. I love being outside, moving and feeling the sun. Feeling rejected is a weakness for me. I'm an encourager. I love to write and think deeply. I am creative and I don't like it when people say they are bored. I don't live my life from a place of fear, but it is a choice for me every day. To not feel fear and to not feel rejection is something that I choose every day. I'm generous with my time and money. 
I want to add value to the lives of others. I do stand up for what is right. I can do hard things in a positive way. I am learning the importance of living my life without expectations because expectations are you magically expecting someone else to do what you want them to do and it never works. I love to cook. I am a realist and an optimist. I would say that I have very few real friends. And number 30, I am passionate. So take a minute, write down 30 things that are true about yourself. I think uh, push yourself, positive and negative. And I think you'll find it an amazing um, exercise. One of the things that also helps you be authentic is believing in your own self-worth. No matter what I've done or haven't done, I am worthy of love. I, I remember when I had something really bad happen to me at work and someone said to me, it doesn't matter even if you're a terrible person, you don't deserve to be treated like this. Even if you did terrible things, you are worthy of love. Because if we don't care about people, even when they've made mistakes and done terrible then we have to break through um, with love. And I know that sounds, well, there's terrible people in the world and you can't love them. I don't mean love in that, oh, this person is so wonderful. I mean, treat them humanely. Because returning um, inhumane treatment with inhumane treatment is not going to change the world. Things do not define me or give me status. I remember uh, friends or whatever people who bought, the, you know, some fancy car or something. And it like, I just, you, I really think that those kinds of status things are not a good place to be if that defines you. A person with a solid sense of self-worth creates space for their emotions without feeling guilty about having them. But they understand that emotions are just the tools that help you pay attention. So if I'm feeling angry all the time, well, wait a minute, why, where? And so then I learned, I've learned to manage my thoughts to help me move through to a healthier way of responding. I believe that people who really matter will always welcome me. And even if they don't, And even if people don't welcome me, I'm going to be okay on my own for a bit. Like I, people do need people. People who need people are the luckiest people. I get the whole thing. But we are okay on our own. And if someone rejects you, you're going to be okay. Um, people who have a high sense of self-worth haven't had it any easier than people who don't. I'm not saying I've had the worst life ever, but I've had some stuff go on. When I retired, I stopped work. I, I didn't, it wasn't a, I mean, I made the choice to retire, but I was being severely bullied and, and needed to get out. So I don't think I lost my mother when I was, when I was young and had a little baby. I've had lots of people in my, uh, my family with mental illness. You know, I, I, 
but I what I have remembered and what I have always come out I'm not saying you don't wallow a little bit at first when bad things happen but you remember that you're the only one responsible for your feelings your thoughts and your actions and so if you get stuck in victimhood that's where you're going to stay and you can't spend too much time feeling sorry for yourself when things hit the fan I love the things that I do and I try to be mature and seek unity in the world. I'm always thankful for challenging people in my life, people who make me think, make me think about myself, make me look in the mirror and say, am I the one responsible like for like what's going on here? What am I doing that's making this a disunified kind of a relationship or situation? A person with a high sense of self-worth is neither full of themselves nor think that the world revolves around them. Instead, you remember and are humbled by the small but important role that you play in the grand scheme of things. Like a singular wave in a great big ocean, you know you're part of something greater. And like that, you're never truly alone, even when you are alone. I think one of the things that I have learned to do is always, 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 always find something to be grateful for and practice gratitude every day. Sometimes when I'm having one of those things where that I have to go seven, six, five, four, three, two, one shift, what am I grateful for right now? So I ask myself, so I ask myself, what kind of story am I telling myself? Is it a story of woe and victimization and all that stuff? What do, do I always say like, oh, I, this always happens or I never get this or I should have done this or I ought to or like you have to come to uh, the conclusion of what is actually true in your life and live by truth, not by that feeling that can overtake you when you're not thinking straight. So eat healthy food, exercise. Politely decline invitations to events that you have no interest in attending. I think you should minimize alcohol intake. Get a massage when you can. Write in a journal. Writing in a journal, I have read over and over again, is an amazing, amazing, amazing practice. Write out the bad story, turn the page and move on. State affirmations to yourself in the mirror. Be aware and cut back on how many times you say the words, I'm sorry. Ask for help. Meditation. Um, I listened to a podcast the other day called Walking Meditation, and I do that a lot. Listen to music. Treat yourself to something you love to do. Buy a bag of Halloween chocolate and eat it. Not the whole thing, every, but have a little piece of chocolate every day. Learn something new. I've definitely pushed myself to learn something new. I'm, you know, I'm shocked at sometimes how things, well, things have gone. And I'm thankful for people that have mentored me through what I'm learning. I, this podcast a year ago was a new thing to me. And now I just have a conversation. I need to, we need to be confident in our thoughts and feelings and opinions but remember, nobody really cares about your opinion. 
uh, somebody would say to me, uh, oh, I just need some advice on that. And I would say, do you really want my advice? Because I'm, I know that you're strong and capable and can figure this out. Do you want to hear what I think? I'm happy to share it. And the big one, practice that fine art of always letting go. Sometimes you need to identify patterns and beliefs that don't serve you. Call them limiting belief. Master the inner game so you can handle the outer game. Cognitive distortions are things like black and white rigidity and overgeneralizing, which I've talked about. Cognitive filtering, where you filter out the things that you should really be thinking about and then only think about the things that you agree with or that don't challenge you. Sometimes I just disqualify the good or jump to a conclusion. And I think that it's really important that we all push our own buttons. We change our old patterns because the workable solution and the answer is actually in us, in our own authenticity. Sometimes we can be, I can be very hard-headed and stubborn. I can practice needing control. I can personalize or catastrophize or feel that everybody's going to reject me, even when I have no factual basis to believe any of those things. And sometimes you have to drop down through all those emotions and actually see what's on the other side. Wait, oh, I think everybody's going to reject me. Well, why do you think that? Well, because, you know, I'm going to tell the truth. Well, why do you think telling the truth is going to make everybody reject you? Well, because they're not going to like what I say. Well, how do you know they're not going to like what you say? Like you can't, you have to live through things. And if you're being your authentic self, if your goals and values are in alignment with being kind and generous and helping people, you're, you're, generally not going to be offensive and your motivation is going to be pure. What happens when you tell the truth? I think, um, I think about, um, you know, being honest about the fact that, um, you know, we all have dysfunction in our families and we, I basically have a drearily unoriginal dysfunctional family and I'm not the only one. So understanding that our truth is um, important and helps us to actually see life as it is so that we can make it better. And we have to stop striving a bit for safety and stop doing whatever just feels good and stop living our life based on our inconsistent emotions, but find some congruence through controlling what our thoughts are, knowing the truth and knowing that tomorrow will be better or we'll make better decisions. And I think we need to be consciously aware of our decision making. Do we conveniently delete the part that you play in the process? We have to avoid be having tunnel vision. We have to identify our bad habits and our mindsets, like hanging around naysayers and watching too much TV, whatever those things are that are bad for you. Stop doing them. 
Um, when your brain refuses to think mainstream, you kind of are straddling a whole bunch of different worlds and you, you don't necessarily kind of fit them, but you can see other perspectives and that's part of being authentic too. You have to be able to uh, relate to other people and step outside of your ego and all the other parts of you that are just about feelings and balance out your life in that body, mind and spirit kind of a way. So what does an inspirational, authentic person strive to do? And I, I've, I'm going to end with this because that's the kind of things that I try to think about because I, I want to keep learning and growing, being patient with myself and others, and I want to be authentic in my purpose and in my morals and, and my values and my beliefs. So what am I striving to do? I'm striving to be strong, positive, enthusiastic, and passionate. Not perfectly, but striving. I want to point out the possibilities or the different perspectives so that I can be respectful of everybody. I want to believe in making others feel worthy and accepted. I want to have a you're going to do better the next time approach to life. I want to have realistic optimism for the future. And I know that there's a thing about, well, you know, Pollyanna and, and you know, you just, oh, it, these people who are just like always seeing, you know, the best in every situation. No, there are real problems in this world. Absolutely. But I think you can be a realistic optimist and you can inspire people to make better choices and to do the right thing and to engage and to be passionate about making the world a better place. I want to see the, try to see the best in others. I want to be able to be one of the things that I was good at as a principal. People didn't like it necessarily. Was I, I was good at saying to people, you know what, you're, you're not fulfilling your responsibilities. And he, I will support you in getting better, but here are some things that you're good at, but here are some things that you have to work at. And I always tried to do it in kind of a sandwich. And I would encourage um, teachers to write their report cards that way. Like start with something good, give the goals in the middle, and then end on a positive note. But don't forget the middle. Don't forget the meat, because this is how we get to be better people. When people are transparent about their problems, and that's, you know, I, I think there's an appropriateness to this. And I, you know, I think we hear it a lot in politics when people are like, no, this is great. No, we're doing a great job. I think I'd be more impressed with politicians if they stood up and said, no, there are some real issues. We're not perfect at this, but these are the things that we're going to do. And, um, using a kind of a methodology where you say, well, why is this a problem? Why is this a problem? What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? And I, I like to be around serious people with values, integrity, and honesty. And I want to resist the temptation to be negative and gossipy. 
easier now I think sometimes when I'm when I'm not working because um, workplaces can be places where gossip sort of festers and you really do have to step away from it but if you are in a book club or you do all those kinds of things which I know are difficult to do right now you can get caught up in that and you have to be very very careful I want to embrace change and take time to explain the reasons for change and I want to be vulnerable and I want to know my weaknesses. I have them. I can have far too high of expectations of people. I can, uh, I, you know, I read them in my list of truths about me, of some of the things that I, I need to work on. And I, I, I want to know my weaknesses. And I want to have goals and I'm positive and, and enthusiastic about, about reaching my goals. So when I think about authenticity, I think about being and living my truth. The good parts of me, the bad parts of me, the values, the beliefs, the growth. It's not just about telling the truth. Being honest is a part of being authentic for sure. And I, I, I believe in honesty, but authenticity is way more than that. And when I say no room for phonies, I don't say that because I don't, you know, I, I don't, I think that, you know, people who are act phony should be rejected. I mean that there's no room in your life for you to be a phony. You've got today, you've got tomorrow, you've got this moment and you don't know what else you've got. So spend it being authentic and spend it fulfilling your purpose in life. So thanks for joining me, um, getting real about authenticity. Um, I really enjoy um, talking about uh, the real things in life and, and sharing those things. And if you've got stuff that you'd like to say back to me, I'm always interested in hearing that. And you can always listen to this podcast on a variety of um in a variety of places and uh, don't hesitate to uh, send me an email or make a comment. So that wraps it up for today. In November, I'm going to get back together with my family and we're going to each talk about our five favorite movies. So uh, because we have some really different taste in music. So thanks for joining me. No room for phonies. Getting real about being authentic.